It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling And everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year Ho, ho, ho It is your annual special episode of the Chair Shop Podcast. Merry Christmas to all who celebrate. To the rest of you, happy bonus CSP day. I mean, I mean, you're you're loving it today, even if you don't typically observe. You're like, oh, the lads are here. They brought they bring bounties of 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 good takes and deep dives and spoilers. Uh, wishing you a Merry Christmas. It is myself, Barry, joined as always by my ever festive co-hosts. First of all, wishing you a a quasi Kwanzaa. It's Paul Griffin. I love a bit of Kwanzaa, me. Happy Hanukkah from Mr. Joe Towder. Uh, mazel tov to all of our uh, Jewish listeners and to all and, of our Christians and, and Muslims. And, and a solid, respectful Ramadan from the group of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is the special. It is obvious from the, uh, the plug we gave on the last show, possibly the title and description of this show as you looked at it. We'll kick things off straight away here with your obligatory warning. This is the spoiler cast, which is a little bit of a colloquial term come about over the last few years for a podcast where you talk about the intricate story details or spoilers of a particular film. And we are doing one for Marvel Studios slash Sony's Spider-Man colon No Way Home parentheses 2021 parentheses directed by John Watts. If you have not yet seen your most recent Spider-Man film, this is your point to check out. Pause this. Take your headphones out immediately. It doesn't matter what you do. Put your phone down. Right. Go to the cinema. Go see it. Leave your phone. Leave everything where it is. Go to the cinema. Come back. Pick it back up and resume this show right now from where I'm speaking. This is your warning. We'll be going in depth on the story. We will be chatting all about it. And then we will also have a quiz. Not really Spider-Man uh, in the second half. So there you go. I think I've been as thorough as I possibly can be there uh, uh, with all of that. So with all that said, we will jump in here to our talk about the uh, newest Spider-Man film. And I do have a question to kick us off here, which was what was everyone's theater experience like going to see this? I saw it on launch day in Ireland, which is Wednesday. Joe, I believe you saw it Friday, did you? Uh, no, Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Um, oh, excellent. Yeah. In the morning. Good stuff, yeah. Yeah, 12 um, o'clock. Uh, what about you, Paul? You saw it earlier this week. I saw it Monday morning, 11.30. Okay, so you both went You both went afternoon. Okay, very sensible. Um, no, no 11.30 is before noon, I think you found. Whatever. What was your theater, respective theater experiences like? Uh, I did. I recapped mine on the last show, but just to, just for anyone that missed that or forgotten already, um, it was it wasn't too busy. Um, a few quite a few people in there, but not not really busy. Um, as I as I mentioned, we sat on a row, completely empty apart from one guy at the far end. Good stuff. We got there just before it started. Final trailer, just as a, tra- tra- a trailer for Mor- uh, Morpheus, whatever it's called, Mobius, the Mobius strip. Uh, starring, oh, Ma- yeah, yeah, the, starring the Ma- Michael yeah. Keaton as Michael Keaton. Um, just as we, just as we, it's about to start. A couple come in and sit right next to us in an empty row. 
And that's probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why I'm feeling ill today, I think, of whatever they gave me. It's not COVID. Oh. I've, had a, I've had a negative test, but uh, I've got a bit of a sinus thing. But, um, yeah, they, they came and sat right next to us and started eating pret sandwiches. Oh, yes, uh, of course. Yeah. The film. Yeah, but other than that, it was fine. And I had a, had a good time. I had a popcorn and also snuck in some M&M's. Um, right. I tried the, right. the the brownie M and M's, which I've not had before, which were very nice. So yeah, I tried those. But um, yeah, and there was a kid screaming somewhere. <laughs> just just well, somewhere. Spider Man. I don't think he. I don't think he understood the concept of a man uh, who is imbued with um, spider like right. powers. Um, I think yeah, it was a bit much for him. I mean, let alone the metatextual nature of the film, right? You know. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it was it was fine. It was all good. Big, nice big screen as well. Lovely, yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, I went. I went to see it uh, opening night, or lack of a better term, opening night, eight p.m. evening slot. I, I, the problem was, I'm I was off work at the time, and I could have gone in the morning, but I said we'd go with a group and we'd go with our pals because I've seen most of the previous ones of them. But then I had to wait for them to get off work, which I wasn't impressed with because I had to dodge spoilers all day. And then also, the later you go in the evening, the more likely you are to get the riffraff in. Your sandwich uh, yeah. munchers of the world. Your sick sandwich yeah. munchers of the world sitting yeah. next yeah. to you. Yeah. Um, I did mostly have a great cinema experience, but I will highlight one incredibly funny thing. Um, my, uh, my, I went with my buddy Dave, who I, I used to live with, and uh, he's like me, a big Spider-Man fan. We, we've, I think we've seen most of them together at this stage, or most of the recent ones. And we... Um, because, like, the last few big, good, big comic book movie events we've all been to together, midnight launches of Avengers, both the Avengers ones, uh, uh, not midnight, but the first day Venom came out, they were two of the craziest, busiest days at the cinema I think I've ever experienced. And Venom 2, not too far behind in terms of just queues and sold out theaters and couldn't draw your leg in there so we kind of went okay well we're going to go now to spider-man and we'll go nice and early despite the fact that it's 50 percent capacity and xyz restriction all this other stuff we still said we'd go early he gets there at 10 past 7 for an eight o'clock showing right <laughs> petrified that i don't know what he thought was going to happen in the hour between him and the <laughs> film started he sends me a very blurry snapchat i couldn't quite make out saying there was a queue there so i told my girlfriend i was like well we better get moving because I don't, I, I, he's, he's paranoid, but I also don't want to miss anything. Yeah. Uh, we got there within about 10 minutes from sitting that, and there was no queue. And we got our sweets, and then we had to stand outside the theater, which was showing the film already. So we didn't even arrive, like, we arrived before it finished, before they cleaned it, and before they would let people in, which meant we had to stand and basically queue outside the screen. And he had like a shit attack as people started to come out of the cinema petrified that anyone was going to say anything about the film <laughs> which, which made I me can't feel believe Luke Skywalker Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's exactly. father I was, I was picturing that exact moment in my head I was like oh my god to the point he had to physically walk away from where everyone was and they were pottering about going for a piss and oh where's my mate oh there he is oh, 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 oh what are you doing having all these conversations nothing was spoiled it was fine but he was so panicked it was so goddamn funny uh and luckily it, it went unspoiled we went in and i have to say uh the the general theater experience was very good but there was a full because i even checked my phone when the when the when the film was about to actually start they put up the it. there was a full legitimate 30 minutes of ads before oh, uh, uh the film which even by modern standards i thought was absolutely brutal and like 90% of it was was 
like actual ads for fucking food and insurance and shit oh. and then like two trailers it was mental and then you, you know so you're sitting through all that and then when you finally get to the trailers which are slightly more tolerable they showed a trailer for what looked like the worst film you could ever fucking imagine some new roland emmerich monstrosity where they have to kill the moon i i watched i watched the youtube they haven't apparently put out the version that comes before spider-man with a hilarious scary version of bad moon rising over the background um, they haven't put that one out yet, but the ones I found on YouTube were all way more serious and deathly and scary. And then the one I watched had, um, uh, what's his name, Sam, the big boy from Game of Thrones, fumbling around doing comic relief for the whole thing. Yes. So weird. So, so weird. Anyway, then the actual theater experience was actually pretty good. Uh, as as has been much discussed with this film, there was a little bit of hooting, there was a little bit of hollering, I, nothing that was a piss take. I didn't think no one was screaming, no one was jumping out of their seats, but the people were reacting in a way that was very fun. And in between the big moments, I would, I would put this up there with the best cinema experience I've ever had. Everyone was very quiet. Everyone was just watching the movie when there wasn't something spectacular mm. happening, which I would, I would call a big win uh, for an eight o'clock showing of a Marvel film. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty good pretty good theater experience. What about you, Paul? Um. Yeah, well, we went very early with the idea being that um, we would have as few people there as possible. Uh, but being on Monday, it was the first day after Ireland's government had enacted these new lockdown restrictions. Uh, mm. well, not lockdown restrictions, but COVID-19 COVID restrictions. restrictions yeah. And so... Entailed in that were 50% cinema capacity, um, closing at 8pm, which luckily we were far from. And you need to show your like passport when you go in with your yes. COVID cert. Little Paul Griffin, new idea where the old passport is, mate. So I spent the previous evening and the morning of trying to find my passport could not find this is the uh this is the embarrassing thing for us non-drivers is that uh, when we need something with picture id you have to find the fucking passport uh slightly i'm sorry i don't mean to cut you off i did have a cinema experience prior to spider-man where i had to i had to go i i was told basically out of the blue i was like you have to have id for this is before the most recent restru- uh, restrictions actually but they were like you have to have id and I was like, but I've been here multiple times with my cert. I'm like, I have my cert, of course. I'm not trying to be at all. I haven't got a shot. There. I was like, I, if they were my cert, they're like, no, you need photo ID. And I said, like, but I literally didn't the last day. And I had to say, I had to say, come on now. You can't you can't do that. And they did let me in, but I said I'd have it next time. Sorry to interrupt. But yeah, so that's a pain. Long story short, I could not find the, the passport. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. So you didn't see Spider-Man in the end. <laughs> so that's fine for you, please. I don't know. No. <laughs> I found my old passport. There's oh young, my! Who is that little young boy there? That's uh, that's that's 2010. Pog. I just shown on the oh webcam my for the boys. Word. That does not look like you. 2010. You in 2010, and that does not look like you. Yeah. Well, the hair, the hair was much, uh, much thicker back then. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I said, look, if they ask for an ID, I'll go. I'll give them the the flash of the passport just and, and run finger out finger over the ear. Yeah, yeah, don't look too closely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there I am. Uh, um, so got got to the cinema. Of course, the lady was there with the QR reader or whatever. Can can we see your code? Here's the code. All right, in you go. No, no, didn't ask for the passport that I spent three hours looking for. Well, yeah, I hope you reported yeah. her because that's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got away scot free, so I tiptoed in and said nothing to nobody. 
Um, and then, yeah, when we got in, uh, we had we had the entire row to ourselves. Mm. Lovely. Uh, we were in row N in screen number six of uh, Dublin's View Cinema. And uh, yeah, however many, uh, we were like f- seats 14, 15, 16. And so there must be about 30 seats in that row. Nobody to the right, nobody, nobody to the left. Here we are stuck in the middle by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the cinema, very full. It, it was like the row in front of us was basically full capacity. Weird. It was very strange. I don't know why... Um, why no one was in Arrow? The way the cinema arranged the seating was a bit strange. But there were a few occurrences, a few funny little cinema occurrences. So number one, uh, obviously when we we go to the cinema very early, mm. so we're, we're if it starts at eight, we're usually in the screen at you know starting at eight, meaning before even the ads traders. If it starts at eight, we're usually there at like seven fifty, you know, seven fifty five. So we'll be usually five ten minutes early, just sitting in the in the screen with nothing happening, and you do be you you, you know you be eyeing the people who are coming in. Are you going to be <laughs> you're going to be causing trouble? Or are you going to be going to look at your phone? <laughs> and um, being that we plan to see this at eleven thirty on a Monday morning when the kids are still in school, mind, um, I was expecting you know quite a an an older audience maybe, hmm. but I started to see. The young ones started coming oh, in one by one. Uh, the, the uh, no, and not even that. Well, maybe not that young, but like you know the 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 eighteen, nineteen year olds who are oh. off off uh, for <laughs> Christmas the off university. Yeah, well, yeah, but you know, adults adults who have already got the the little wispy bum fluff mustache and no other facial. Oh, like you yeah. on your passport uh, to make time. <laughs> you in Dublin. That's I'm just like, the women I'm talking about. I'm like this youngster. Get him out of here. Uh, look, if they weren't old enough yeah. to see the Tobey Maguire film in cinemas, then <laughs> get yeah, out. So, tw- so 2010, Paul Griffin comes in with a bunch of his cohorts, right? And I go, oh, here we go. They're, they're going to be fucking talking. They're going to be looking at the phones. Now, luckily, they came up the steps. And they were actually sitting in, like in the very back row. So they were like t- two or three behind us. Uh, but then, uh, you know, five minutes after they've come in, uh, uh, an older gentleman walks in and he's in the row behind us and he just he just stands up right in the row looking at the young ones and goes right put off turn off your phones like sh- shouting to them turn off your phones i don't see any phones out now i don't know was he was with them or was this like a maybe they were younger than i, I thought was he there like, like a teacher like, like, like a school yeah, trip yeah. or something maybe he was i don't know but he seemed no he seemed to be like in his late 50s 60s maybe and they were all, to me, they looked like 18-ish year olds. But maybe it was like a senior school trip or something. I don't know. Or maybe he was just some arsehole. I mean, <laughs> and, and, uh, not and arsehole, hero. Hero, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right there, lads. I was no. definitely taken aback. I was, I was, you know, around in my seat looking at what was going on. Better than the film, you know? <laughs> Paul's like, quick, turn your phone off. <laughs> I got told off. Um, turn your phones off, I'll use. Anyway, then he sat down. And then, right, as I said, the row in front of us packed to the brim, except these these two seats pretty much directly in front of us, right in the center. And, of course, the film begins. Uh, Spider-Man's, uh, I'm Spider-Man. Hey, duh, duh, duh. And then these two people come in, in the dark, phone, torch on. Find their seat, yeah. Where the fuck am I going? Duh, duh, duh. Oh, they come up God. to the row in front of us slowly tiptoe tiptoe the way across and they're looking 
what's what seat's this? What what's our seat? All right. So, as I said, there's two free seats in front of us. They plonk themselves down in that. But no, 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 no. Actually, these two seats are not their seats. The one on the left is, but they have the seat to the left of that, which someone is sitting in. But they're not having. No, we're not just going to sit in these two free seats that are one to the side of the ones that were ours. Anyway, we're going to stand up in front of my view, right in this front of the screen, and and say to the person there, uh, "Move out of that seat, please. That is my seat." And so this person, they kicked out. He's pl- he plunged himself right into that seat. This person is now kneeling on the floor to, in front of the person's <laughs> left, trying oh. to figure out, well, where am I going to sit? The... Again, we've, oh. we've had this talk before. If you come in, the movie has begun, right? As Barry said, uh, my viewing was also the longest I think I've ever seen ad-wise. Yeah. Uh, all Christmas ads. As well, by the way. Christmas ads, which are longer than your normal ads. Oh, that anyway. fucking Dunn's ad where she, or Super Value where she recoups the sick fucking reindeer. Oh my god. You have to be home for Christmas. I do like that. Everyone's ads. like, C- commit this young girl. She's crazy. <laughs> um and also if you if you've gone to your your local view cinema, uh, I don't know how many more times I can take that John Boyega. Turn off your phones, lads. <laughs> and that goes on for ten minutes. Yeah. Feels good, doesn't it? No, I, I go away. I'm not, sure I hate, well, I'm not sure if I hate that or the Nicole Kidman one for Odeon. Um, I don't know that one. Which I recently found out because there was a big, like, little uh, 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 mini kind of trend there where people were bitching about it, but calling it, talking about AMC in the States. So apparently, like, their parent company just paid Nicole Kidman to do this. Uh, don't you just love the magic of the big screen? And then slapped the region specific logo of the relative. Uh, uh, cinema chain on it. I was like, "Oh, Nicole, you lied to me. You know, you ever been to the Odeon in Limerick?" Um, but if you come in after the film has begun, in this case, half an hour after the advertised start time, you lose your right to your seats. You have to sit in the front row. Don't be causing any grief. You are yeah. a prick. You are an asshole. You're <laughs> dirt. The dirt on the bottom of my shoe. You are die. <laughs> Uh, to be honest, if they had died, I would have been perfectly happy. If they, if they, if during the film, if during the film, they just started like convulsing, and then someone was like, "These people have died." I was just feel like, "Well, they fucking deserved it." Yeah, just fucking view employees doing CPR in the front row while, while Tom Holland's like, he's some kind of electric man. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't know which I was enjoying more if I enjoyed the movie more, trying to enjoy these people succumbing to. Uh, a death which has been wished upon them by me. Oh, um, otherwise, this cinema experience, I thought, was for the most part quite positive. Um, there wasn't much in the way of hooter- hooting and hollering, as uh, as you might have seen uh, from our friends in America. But there was a little bit, which was, and you know, we, without jumping ahead to our discussion, we've, we're 21 minutes in, like we haven't even talked about yeah. the film yet. Um, there was uh, when when the first of our surprise entrants showed up. No. There was a yes. There's a, a a lady in front to the left of me gave out an audible uh, yes, and um, when surprise entrant two showed up, there was it's Christian level of no selling, uh, <laughs> no, no cheers at all. 
complete deadening silence. But uh, other, yeah, otherwise, I, I was it was a, a fairly unremarkable cinema experience. Like it, it was perfectly good. There was there was no 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 complaints from me about anyone acting out, apart from those two people who came in five minutes into the film. Well, so with all that said, I suppose uh, you know. Uh, then there was the actual film, yes, which overall I thought was very good. I uh, I feel like while I w- wouldn't say I sought it out, I feel like because it was so inescapable, I had a a, cute, a pretty sizable amount of the stuff in this movie spoiled, uh, or not even really spoiled, like but just I mean, every the, it was reported like three years ago at this stage. That like you know Toby Maguire and fucking the other one were going to be in it. What? Um, uh, <laughs> or, or 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 you know or not, not even probably two years ago because the, the last one only came out three years ago. But that was kind of well known, and then they kind of they gave away the the that's actually never thing. But there wasn't a surprise villain. I thought I thought there might be a surprise villain because mm. they showed all the villains. So I was kind of thinking, well, surely they have to have one in the holster because they didn't show the Spider-Mans. So I'm like, they must be holding back a couple of people, but they didn't. Um, but even with that aside, I thought it was a very fun, albeit very messy uh, uh, film that it's kind of the most unwieldy Marvel film, uh, sorry, MCU film uh, uh, to date because they're typically tight to a fault. Um, and this one felt a little bit more like your, you know, I think it's better in Spider-Man 3, but kind of like Spider-Man 3 in the sense that, oh, there's just stuff going off and some of it's not really landing at all. And it's a bit kind of weird. I thought the second act in particular, where they're like, all right, let's all just sit down and have a chat about what we're going to do here. thought that didn't really work for me at all. But uh, overall, I thought it was it was pretty dang great. Uh, what did you boys think generally? Uh, well, I liked it a lot. I thought it was, it was very much, uh, whether you want to call it, crowd pleasing or fan service or whatever or self-indulgent it certainly was but i thought you know to, to quote um excalibur so you've got to give the people what they want sometimes you just have to you know and especially it's christmas two years part of the pandemic it was a mess but you know what people loved it and as you as you said it's not often you hear people yelping and cheering in a cinema and really like feeling surprised and really loving kind of what's on the screen so i i kind of forgive like um you know the faults of it for that uh in my screening there, there wasn't it wasn't cheering so much as gasps like people were, <laughs> like, ah! like, oh! ah! like particularly when even before the spider-man showed up when when daredevil showed up at the beginning yes. woman woman behind me was like <gasps> like what <laughs> like, all right, it's only from the TV show. Yeah, like, it's like, yeah, what? Like, you know. Marvel TV show, come on. No, but I was I was like, oh, it's dead, that's cool, that's cool. You know, I was into it. And I was I was glad to hear people reacting like that. It's quite fun. You know, yeah. it's fun to hear other people really enjoying the movie as long as they're not being sort of obnoxious about it. Yeah. Um that was that was fun. So yeah, I um I really enjoyed it overall, but I did also feel like um it, it, this didn't really feel like the third Tom Holland you know, home Spider-Man home series, like movie, it kind of went off in a completely different thing. So I kind of also felt we didn't really get the kind of full conclusion to the, those first two stories and that kind of world that we were in. Cause so many of the characters, sub, you know, the supporting characters were obviously sidelined um, and weren't involved. So I almost feel like this could have been like the fourth movie. Like they could have done a third right. um, Tom Holland Spider-Man movie that wrapped up that arc that we've kind of watched the last sort of four or five years 
Um, and then done this as like a fourth kind of bonus movie where, oh, Tom Holland's back. And then we're reuniting all of the, you know, all the Spider-Men. Well, but, um, know, Tobey Maguire is going to be dead soon, Joe. They have to I mean, yeah, strike while the friends alive. He, he wouldn't have got back in that suit in a couple of years, to be fair. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 I really loved it. And it was a great kind of experience. And, and it's a very unique. You don't. It's very hard to think of any other franchise that has ever done something like this. Um in, in cinema, certainly. I mean, we've seen sort of bits of it, like X Men, where they did the Days of Future Past and had the old mm. the old cast and the new cast and things like that. But to to this extent, to take like three completely different franchises from you know over a couple of decades, it's it was unique, really enjoyable. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot as well. I think it, it's um, you know, in a sense, it's not a million miles away from you know your Force Awakens of the world, and I was definitely hoping it was going to be more. Force Awakens than I don't know I, I, I'm going to say this without having seen it so it's maybe a bit unfair but more more that than something like Ghostbusters Afterlife or hey yeah. that would be great okay one of the it very it very well could be um, <laughs> but um, yeah I thought I thought um, I didn't think it was quite as messy um, as something like Spider Man three I thought for mm. for as many characters. Uh, that were in it, I thought they did a pretty good job of keeping it more or less on the line. Um, given that it has nearly twice the amount of villains as Spider Man yeah. Three does, and Spider Man Three felt so bloated and so absolutely, yeah, uh, like that—that's for sure an, un- an unwieldy film. Um, I actually went into it. Uh, I talked to someone the, the week before about John Watts. That you know he does the. Um, he basically directs the dialogue scenes and then they have their, their second unit, which does the action, obviously. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, no one's going into a Spider-Man movie to see the dialogue scenes necessarily. And then I came out of it, uh, they were actually some of my favorite parts of the movie. Uh, com- completely contrasting to Barry. I, I really like the scene where they they just kind of base down and and uh, you, you got some uh, some absolutely lovely Willem Dafoe acting. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I, far and away, this is the star of the show here. I I liked that kind of bulk of that CEO of the film conceptually. My problem, I think, was more so it felt like a lot of the and and a part of the fun is that you knew it was coming, but it felt like a lot of those character motivations were hanging on by a thread, like like the like electro kind of going along with the plan, and it's just like are they doing like a self aware bit where you're like just waiting for him to just blow the fucking whole place up because it didn't really make any sense that he would go along with that also like i feel like this might just be confirmation bias but i feel like the the characters from the good films got loads of great lines and characterization and the lads from all the shit films got not very much at all and that also includes like so i it, it's since been reported thomas hayden church was did not set foot on a set for this mm. film um he did voiceover work for that's why he is constantly sandman and not regular guy yeah uh, and then yeah. The, and then the footage of him as a human is like an unused take from spider-man 3 apparently yeah. um uh so that's that's one thing but like even that aside i was like he shows up in the middle of a fight with another character uh and then he just he goes along with the plan to okay let's go back to the apartment and see what they have to say and then when the others start freaking out and saying all right fuck this we're going to be evil he just goes and he goes yeah actually why not i was like I, 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 was, I was thinking back. I still haven't rewatched the film. I was planning to do that tomorrow. I am now not doing that. Um, and I was like, 
is there even like one line of dialogue where he even says, "Okay, yeah, fuck this, I'll just go with you guys"? Because I feel like like Jamie Fox blows up the apartment and then Sandman just goes out the window. Do you know what I mean? There was just little yeah. things like that, um, uh, and the lizard guy as well. Uh, yeah, he was the same. Yeah, yeah, he was the same. Just very no real, and again. Like I said, the ones who were pre-existing shit characters did not necessarily get rehabbed yeah. in this one. I think I think like my, my my least favorite thing from any of these films, any iteration of the Spider-Man character, is that lizard character because it's just it's so kind of okay. I'm first half of the film, I'm this like mm, interesting kind of character. Maybe he'll have complex motivations, and then the second half of the film's like okay, I'm I'm. I'm turning everyone into a lizard now because I just am. And then this film is basically the same, which is he just he just shows up to fight everyone and be an arsehole because that's just what he does. Um, likewise, him staying in the truck, it was just like, you know, seemed kind of like a weird, a weird thing. It was just lots of little things like that. It's just a throwaway. Oh, May's like, yeah, he decided to stay in the van. Oh, okay. And, and you left him just... <laughs> we weren't bothered doing his lizard cgi for how much that would cost for a scene so far he's yeah, like, like stay in the van the whole time we've already we've already given happy this elaborate new york city apartment we can't make it that much bigger to fit the lizard in all right let's just you know uh but no i, I like i did like that 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 block of the film in some parts i like that you got to see like uh, Peter Parker and Doc Ock and Osborne work together in a way you didn't really see in the other films. And um, yeah. I mean, obviously those two, those two actually good villains got to interact in some interesting ways, which I liked. Um, yeah. But uh, that was a, that was a, an, a, an odd thing. Cause the film is so fucking go, 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 mm-hmm. stuff happening, stuff happening for the first half. And then I feel like it kind of just slows down. And then the third act is also all mental. Yeah. And the, th- the third act was probably, for me, the weakest part. I, f- I found a lot of the action kind of hard to follow, especially when you had uh, three more or less identical Spider-Men flying around. Um, yeah. And their, their, what was it, Spidey 1, Spidey 2, Spidey 3 solution did not exactly work for me. No, no. Um, I was not able to follow who was who and what was happening and yeah, who, who had the point, thing. And I, I didn't really care. <laughs> I was like, oh, they'll just jump around for a bit and then they'll yeah. do some more scenes. Just I, did, I, did, I did think it was clever, to be fair, that for a lot of the final act, they had the characters without the masks on. Because mm, yeah. um, if, if they didn't, then that goes for um, Green Goblin as well. I thought his design was very good. Um I, I think if you had them all masked, there would be a certain element of well, how much how much were they really on set along with the Hayden Church yeah. thing? Yeah. Like, were any of them really there? Um, there is on that point. Uh, I one thing again, I want to watch closely for on a rewatch. I'm fairly sure Maguire and Melina were not on set because they have that very nice little scene where they see each other and they do. They do one of 7,000 callback lines to their previous film where Peter says, trying to do better. Uh, there is no shot where those two actors are standing across from each other. Having a, there's a CGI shot where Spider-Man swings down to Doc Ock, and then there is just mm-hmm. two reverse angles of Tobey Maguire with no one in front of him and, and Alfred Molina with no one in front of him having a conversation. And so I'm going to watch that back when I see the film again. <laughs> it's like those two were definitely not on set the same day ever. Whereas like um, the fucking Garfield Fox conversation is like in the same physical space, obviously, yeah. and actually happening. Yeah. So, I mean, just to take it back for a second, there's obviously a load of people in this film. Um, and one of the strengths I thought of the film was the the performances which i thought were across the board really mm-hmm. good but uh also the chemistry between them all i thought it was uh 
given how many people were involved and how disparate they are from all the different series, I thought the the chemistry between all the actors was generally very, very good. Um, if I were to point out a few of my favorite performances, then I would say, uh, well, obviously, the king of acting. I tell you what, maybe the best working actor in the world. I know that's a title that I throw out willy nilly. <laughs> But I tell you, I don't know. I don't know that there's many better than Willem Dafoe out there today. Willy nilly Dafoe, yeah, himself. Willy nilly. (laughs) Uh, No, he Uh, is tremendous in this, and it's kind of like I. One thing I didn't really like was I think they went a bit heavy on the. Okay, now I'm the Green Goblin, Um, but he made it work, so it didn't really matter. Um, Oh, he's so good. He's tremendous. He to me like some of those scenes, especially in this movie, even more so than the the first, you know, the three with Toby Maguire, he has this level of like genuine kind of menace and mania that yeah. literally, I can't think of a single other superhero villain in any of the MCU or even, you know, Batman X-Men movies that has that, that kind of level. Like I genuinely was like, wanted to see him die. I was like, no, come <laughs> on, get him. Oh, the bastard. Like he really had me. He's MJF level heat. um which yeah you just do not see in in any of these other movies the the villains often just like a big cgi purple man or a blue man or a yellow green man who wants to i don't know shoot a ray gun at someone or something but he yeah defoe just god he was so good he was so so good in this he really made the film i think he yeah i mean i haven't seen house of gooch but uh, uh, people have said, you know, that Jared Leto in that is almost like he's from a completely different film mm. in a bad way. And I think Defoe, in a sense, and this one feels like he's from a completely different film in the best possible way. He feels like, you know, and again, I thought the performances across the board were generally very good. But everyone in it, and to a, uh, also to an extent, the, the entire MCU, the performances are always within this kind of safe boundaries you know the yeah. performances are not, they're not necessarily bland but they're you know the, the performances in mcu movies are typically not like experimental or or really out there and then you have willem dafoe here where whether he was the green goblin or at some points he was playing it like a confused fish out of water uh he's just like chewing the scenery mm-hmm. uh to the point, like no, no one else to me was was anywhere in the ballpark of him. I thought he was just absolutely exceptional. Um, but I also equally thought, uh, I thought Zendaya had a great, uh, great performance. And I don't know that I've ever been a super big Zendaya fan, but I thought in this one that she kind of stepped out of the shadows to an extent. I thought she was very, very good in it. And also, uh, the best of the three Spider Men. Uh, unfortunately, the one who's been in the worst movies. I thought yeah. Andrew Garfield was really good. He was tremendous. Yeah. He's, of the three, he is, I think, by far the best actor, just generally looking at his body of work, you know, not to yeah. this Maguire and Holland, because I think they're both very good actors, but he is, like, genuinely a really good actor. Unfortunately, I think it was just bad timing, the, the Spider-Man movies that he, he did. He just yeah. coming hot on the heels of, of Maguire and not really doing anything interesting, probably having a boring director who didn't really have his own take on it. Um, so it was a real shame. And I, I, I thought he was great in this. And he, you really got to see like what's so good about his performance as Spider-Man in this movie, in a good, in a good movie. So I'm glad he got that. It's almost redemption 
obviously there's a redemption for his Spider-Man when he saves uh, MJ uh, at the end, but also redemption for Andrew Garfield in that he's been in a really good, popular Spider-Man movie. And I'm yeah. really pleased for him because he's he's fantastic. And what do you think the possibilities are going forward for uh, Garfield and or Maguire in kind of maybe one-offs or maybe a miniseries, etc., of their own little Spider-Man action or, you know, series adjacent uh, to the mainline stuff? I kind of hope they don't do this too much. I don't want to see a, uh, a Disney Plus series with Tony McGuire in it. I mean, it wouldn't be Disney Plus because it's Sony anyway. But you know, I don't, I don't want to see it on bloody Paramount Plus or whatever. Whatever. And yeah, I, I kind of like this being a one-off. Having said that, I did tweet yesterday that I would like to see Andrew Garfield re- <laughs> play Spider-Man again in a Miles Morales uh, Spider-Man movie with him as the older kind of Peter Parker. Thirty years down the line. I think that would be absolutely like fantastic if they did that in yeah in the kind of next decade or so. Um, so I'd kind of I'd be into something like that, but hope they don't. They're obviously after the success of this movie, you can just sense they're going to go multiverse. We need to make everything the multiverse. Yeah. It's they're like fucking Mark Zuckerberg. We got metaverse, multiverse. Everything has to cross over. Everything has to be in every other universe. So I hope they don't go down the route of doing it too much. Um, but they probably will. I wouldn't mind a little. A little one-hour special, uh, ne- say, say in the next year or two years, little one-hour special, little Tobey Maguire Spider-Man adventure. Like, why not? You know, or a little, like as you said, Joe, wouldn't be on Disney Plus, but a, li- a little dip your toe back in a six-episode miniseries, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. You know, I I'd be totally up for that. Um, and funnily, Joe, you mentioned. Uh, because they're Sony produced, it wouldn't be on Disney Plus. Uh, I don't think any of the films I saw previously were as in your face about this being a Sony film when it started. It was Sony Columbia Pictures. Remember, Sony folks, this film's been made by Sony. This is not a Marvel Studios film, although the Marvel Studios logo did come up, but mm. not with the music. It had like Mysterio yeah. talking over it. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't remember uh, the two previous ones being so and i don't know if this is to do with recent negotiations obviously they've renegotiated the whole the whole spider-man deal but uh i don't remember the previous two although i I've, i never rewatched them so maybe you guys would have a better uh memory for this but were the were, were the previous two movies as in your face about them being sony properties i think they opened with the columbia stuff as normal but those movies were also way more saturated with Avengers and MCU kind of stuff um, in a way that regardless of what label you put at the beginning of it, you could, this was so uh, uh, kind of to the point. It's kind of weird that they're not on Disney Plus. Obviously, I know why they're not, but it's kind of weird that they're these big, very like Iron Man centric and Nick Fury centric stories um, that are not. By the way, just on the subject of their of the Disney Plus series, I feel like Disney Plus did they did announce an animated thing that's like um the uh, like the high school it's like a high school animated series about tom holland's spider-man i think zendaya i think i might be completely misremembering that there's some kind of animated spider-man thing coming Mm. i think it's a disney plus show um uh but then again i'm sure that that was hammered out in some contract at some stage um but yeah i i mean on on the performances i mean i i i i generally think zendaya is really really great but i haven't loved like the, the previous two 
performance is not that they were especially bad, but I feel like they kind of gave MJ this kind of, you know, to do something a bit different. She's a little bit more introverted and reserved, and she's not over the top, and oh my god, I'm the girl next to her, oh, my hair's in my face, blah, blah, you know, she's <laughs> so not that. But then as a result, then it's just kind of like the performance is kind of muted, whereas I think she had a little bit more to work on in this one. Um, and yeah, I, I would definitely co-sign all the, all the Andrew Garfield stuff. I thought he was, his performance was great. Having just recently rewatched those movies, it is a, he is trying his best to make those movies interesting and memorable and personable. He has the personable, I'm Peter Parker, I'm a likable, relatable loser thing, similar to Tobey Maguire, but it's just it's just the surrounding movie just doesn't work at all. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'd be I'd be super interested in him him doing it again. I mean, the the what comes next is such a fascinating question because they, uh, with the ending, not to jump around too much, they do kind of set it up as saying, okay, we can, they effectively set it up so that they can keep doing Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, but without ever having to reference the Avengers or mm. Doctor Strange ever again. Mm. Um, uh, Which I liked in a way, because it was quite a bittersweet ending, but I like they stripped away all that Marvels, which bogs it down. The whole blip stuff and all that, it just bogged it down so much because they have to keep referencing it. So I'm glad they kind of stripped that away. Without that, without that at know, some the stage. Blip, the blip shit. Um, I like they stripped away, you know, he got rid of the suit and everything. So he's, he's just got the basic Lycra Spider-Man suit. You know, he's not got the nanobots fucking mm. building, <laughs> building in big spider arms where all this kind of magical, like Wakanda-esque technology. I kind of like they've stripped it back to just him being Spider-Man and hopefully... You know, if when they do another one with him, it will be more of the you know, he's a photographer working for the, the maybe not the Daily Bugle, but some kind of you know, some kind of media outlet, and he's just trying to make his way in the world and that kind of thing. I would like to, I would like to see that, and, and focus a bit more on Tom Holland because he's he, could, he I think he deserves to have like the focus. He's shared the screen with some real heavy hitters, you know, in the form of like Michael Keaton and uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Jake Gyllenhaal, and now all of these different actors in the third one. Like he's 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 had a lot of competition for screen time, and it'd be nice to see a stripped back one where it's just like him saving New York and doing you know having those relationships. Yeah, I quite I quite like your line of thinking there. I, I, I think I did float this idea on the podcast a few weeks ago, and I, I, I tentatively feel like I may in some capacity be vindicated, but I was feeling like in, in the run-up to this movie, I was thinking, if this is a success, what's to stop Sony saying, listen, the general public gets the multiverse thing now, we can put out our Tom Holland movie, and it's, if you, so long as you call it The Amazing Spider-Man 3, you don't need to explain to people that this separate Andrew Garfield movie is separate. They will intuit mm. that. And you can have alternating, very cynical alternate year. Every fucking year there's a new <laughs> Spider-Man movie. Like the fucking Call of Duty games where it's made by a different team under the umbrella every year. And it's like, Toby, Tom, Andrew, year off. <laughs> Just like, um, I don't think they go that far, but I think, I think it's within their wheelhouse and certainly looking at their fucking insane crazy success of the movie there's obviously an appetite for it i think i think they could at least squeeze one more out of it but again i mean the question becomes who makes it and who directs it you're not calling up mark webb i hope not oh, uh, for, for number three has he done anything since that's a or anything of note since that second spider-man movie i'm sure he has but i don't remember it um uh, no. every time i check his letterbox profile every time i think about that film yeah, the only thing that jumps out of me is 500 days of summer um I really don't know what he's done since. He, no, nothing. No, all. nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> Run off from Hollywood. Never to be seen again. Um, 
but yeah, so um, so that was that. That was the ending. I suppose just a little bit more on the uh, uh, the middle. I thought I I felt I, I was in two minds about the Aunt May stuff in the middle. Mm. Um, you know, she. I liked that character. I thought she was, you know, um, a bit lightweight and, and kind of pithy and a bit humorous and so more so than Aunt May ever is, which is good. Um, but I feel like you got more out of Uncle Ben in that first Raimi movie just before Peter goes to the wrestling match, that one conversation they have in the car that was so memorable and distinct that they directly recreated in a dream sequence in the second film. You got more out of that and like one or two other scenes of that character than you got out of three movies with this one. Uh, so not that it fell flat. I thought it was very effective and it was probably one of the most closest I can think of is, is, is star is born. It's probably the most I heard a collective cinema, like choke up at like a character death um, uh, in a film. So it's not that it was, it was completely ineffective, but I thought it was a bit kind of, you know, also, hypothetically, this character's already had the uncle die as well. So when they when they have the three of them saying, "Oh, I've had," like, "Oh, me too," it's like, "Well, he's had he's had the same thing he had." What are you talking about? He, he's had the uncle go as well. Um, you know, so I, I I didn't hate it or anything, but I thought it was a, a bit odd. And it's one of those things that maybe on a rewatch, is it a bit derivative to go to that well again? You know? Yeah, and I think the scene itself didn't really work. Um, in in the context of what this film was, it felt like one too many things shoved in like well we've already got 900 villains running around we've already got 16 spider-man uh, shove in another variation of the uncle ben death um yeah i, I, I don't know i th- i thought even the the writing of it was a bit too uh ricky gervais mm-hmm. uh you know, <laughs> oh, it's a the dog's dying oh i'm crying oh. you know it was like a little too a little too um drawn out and uh yeah i don't know i, I didn't i didn't totally buy into it i i kind of t- t- it, it felt know. more like for me it felt more like a tick in a box than an actual yeah i i beat of the film you know yeah i i agree with that and again it's like the director was given oh i can fucking i can have like an actual cool and well-acted villain william Defoe, i'm gonna have him do this of course hell yeah because a marvel director hasn't got to do that in 20 fucking years because all the villains are shit um but yeah it was a bit, i i actually kind of thought the way the scene played out was effective and kind of how different it was, it was really weird because it's not this big dramatic like she has a knife punch into her heart and the sad music swells it's this the, 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 she kind of like gets up and like hobbles around for a few minutes and then slowly kind of realizes oh shit i'm fucked um uh, i kind of liked that i felt like it was totally different to to the way these things usually go in these movies so I thought on that level yeah. it worked, but, but it was a bit yeah, Shaun of the Dead when his mom he finds out his mom's been bitten by. Yes, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, very. He's like, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Oh, wait, you're not fine. Yeah, I quite, I mean, I quite liked that bit. And I think the the chemistry between the two of them is what made it work for me because I think they just right. the two of them just have a really good chemistry. And I was very sad like when Armay died, whereas I don't think I gave a shit when the two Uncle Bens you know, died in the in the other two movies. I was like. Uh, Anyway, yeah, get on with it, lads. Um, but I think it was also kind of necessary, and maybe this is goes back to what I said about, you know, they it, he didn't get that third part of the trilogy. They kind of skipped to this movie, and I think maybe if Aunt May had died in that third movie, that could have been the big kind of emotional moment, right. um, and, and they could have given it more space and a bit more, bit more respect. But um, 
I like the fact that I think, because compared to the other two Spider-Men, and you feel it in this film, Tom Holland's is very kind of immature, even to the point where at the beginning he's still worried about like getting into college, even though like his identity has been revealed to the entire world and he's like got all these people after him. It's like he's still worried about his college application. And I found that a bit weird. Like, uh, it's a bit more going on than that. I wouldn't worry about MIT. You, you know, you're going to get murdered by <laughs> fucking supervillains. Um, but I like the fact that... It, it, this was almost his kind of growing up moment, you know, and he's now sort of on that level with the other two. They've gone through that experience. They've kind of had that world shattered. And and he is like a younger Spider-Man than they were as well, you know, kind of literally and in the actor is younger. But I think yeah. also, you know, he, he was always a more convincing like teenager. Um, and now he's kind of grown up and become Spider-Man. You know, he's, he's there. So I kind of, I thought that was almost, ne- they had to do that but it was a bit crowded out by all the other stuff going on in the movie. But yeah, worked, worked okay for me. Yeah. As you, as you said, Joe, I, I think that might work better in, in the stripped down Spider-Man story, mm. you know, as opposed to this film that's got s- stuff going on at the uh, roller coaster pace. And then it's got kind of weirdly shoved into a, a slow scene where Aunt May like slowly dies. I don't, I don't know. I, I think generally the film had kind of pacing issues as well. There were some scenes like that that the one where the three lads were having the chat on the uh, Statue of Liberty scaffolding. Yeah, yeah. It just went yeah. on and on and on. And it, that also um, felt like a checklist thing. It was like they have to. There's got to be the dramatic reveal of the two extra Spider-Man. They have to do something scientific as a threesome and and solve a yeah. problem together. They have to have banter together and uh, uh, figure out how to who, how to identify each one as which. And, and in that banter, they have to make wacky references to all their other fights and who they've faced. Yeah, I the, fought a rhino, man. I fought a rhino. Uh, I, I did. I did like on that note. Though, first of all, I thought that scene was way too long, and absolutely that. Yeah. Again, like I, it was. It was weirdly how focused they were on Garfield in a good way because, like, he kind of had this like self depreciating quality. It kind of felt like a little bit of a kind of a meta thing of, oh, you know, I, I, people don't really, you know, I don't feel great a lot of the time, you know. I thought that was kind of cute, you know, and, and obviously then he got his redemption in, in the movie, um, yeah. uh, which was good. Also, you know, on that note, actually, not as good a moment, but like uh, in, in the same vein, I thought that when they had the big climactic fight and, and I just had to call him Tobey Maguire because that's all he is. Uh, Tobey Maguire stops Tom Holland from like stabbing to fall with the board that's kind of his redemption in a way because of course he like accidentally or tangentially kills green goblin in the first yeah. game with his glider so they did that as well which was good uh, by the way marvel put up like some website where they had they listed those two characters toby mcguire and andrew Garfield, and they just called them peter one and two i was like, that's useless give him i give him a name <laughs> like give him an actual name that i call mm. but i um, did like the scene though where zendaya was like peter and they all turn around no uh peter parker well that's that's all of us like that was cute i didn't get at the end as you mentioned when peter stops the um the glider from being jabbed into a little Mm. green goblin's chesty boo you know green goblin then stabs him Mm. and you think oh we're getting the sad toby mcguire death and then he's fine he doesn't die and i kind of wonder like what's the point of stabbing him then to to trick us into thinking something's gonna happen that then did never happen that's that's kind of the the Marvel. It's like an underrated Marvel trope, though, isn't it? The the death fake out. Um, yeah. There's the the uh, Rhodey in Civil War, which still to this day I was like, just kill him off. 
Like, I've noticed disrespect to John Cheadle, but, like, it would have been more impactful to have him just die. And they had this big mm. scene where Iron Man's holding him, and he's like, oh, oh, truly, this is a civil war! And then, like, a couple of scenes later, he's walking again. And they, But they also had another one. Uh, uh, we were just kind of, we had proper, like, lazy day, but just put on, like, Infinity War, which is still fun. There's the moment where, like, Thanos, like, stabs Tony Stark in the in the gut, like, he's killed him. This is And, and, and... And I remember seeing that there was a big collective gasp because oh, they've they've fucking killed Iron Man and then and then he teleports away and then Tony Stark gets out his fucking plot armor gun and stitches himself up. I'm like they they love doing the dramatic stabbing or the dramatic near death and then they're actually fine. Yeah, know, but uh, this one was like right at the end of the yeah, fight anyway. Yeah. Like it was especially superfluous. Um. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I found it very difficult to figure out to follow what was going on that whole action set piece. Not only because mm-hmm. of the three Spider Men, but even story wise, like okay, they they they're curing the villains, so they just have this magical green goo that cures them. That that was their mm-hmm. science they did, um, and they have these files they stab into their necks, and that cure that turns them back into just humans, I guess. Um. Even though, well, not Doc Ock, because Doc Ock never had, like, superpowers. Doc Ock just had the suit. Mm. The rest of them had, like... They fix uh, his thingy on his neck. He, they fix his little chip on his neck. And and uh, Willem Dafoe didn't, per se, have superpowers. He has, like, a split personality thing going on. Mm. Which, I guess, is the same. The same green goo will will solve that as will solve, you know, a man who is a lizard. <laughs> Yeah, that's again. I, I, I realize this is stupid, fucking dumb baby comic book storytelling. But like the serum that removes his superhuman strength and agility that makes him Green Goblin uh, fixes his brain and makes him not schizophrenic. I guess, like, what's that? Yeah, that did that did, did seem a bit like. Uh, don't don't worry about the logic don't of how that works. It. Don't Just, worry about it. This will fix them all. This will turn this man from sand back to a man. Um, and then yeah, even even the ending, I I didn't quite follow where, um, the spell that makes everyone forget Peter right. Parker. And I was like, but wasn't the problem in the first place that they know that he's Spider Man, not that they know him. And so why the cure for or the, the spell to undo that was everyone to forget him. But then you have like they still know Spider-Man, but they don't know him. And how like how would that realistically follow on? I, I, I didn't quite it's, get why that was the point at the end of it. It's a bit of a weird, like lateral thinking, stupid riddle solution, trump card type situation where I think I think. I think what was supposed to be implied was that the problem was not the original spell. The problem was that he changed it after the fact. And I, I don't know why they actually, there was a line. I can't remember what it was. But there was something about, can you not just they have an epiphany at some point? Yeah. Can, you, can you not just do the spell again? And, and, and they say, no, I can't or something like that. And so then he comes up with this, like, again, it's oh, like, they can forget kind of, me weird kind of gotcha aha but if they didn't know who peter parker was at all then they wouldn't know he's like that was it but this is i mean this is the problem with that ending and also why i despite loving this i remain very iffy and and not super into future marvel projects is now we're getting into funnily enough the comic book uh, uh style of thing where you can do magic and pull people in from other dimensions so like death doesn't matter and what few logic 
things there are in these movies are now kind of gone out the window because you can undo death and rewind time and bring people back and, and none of this matters. You can have the biggest universe ending movie and then it doesn't matter once the credits roll. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I think they handled it okay in this one. I thought the ending was generally pretty good. But I'm just, I'm not in, if the solution at the end of every movie is going to be, oh, I cast a spell or, oh, we pulled in from another dimension or blah, 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 blah. You know, uh, I'm, I'm not as into that. Also, with regards to Doctor Strange, obviously we got the uh, trailer at the very end. Love that. Yeah. Love oh, I didn't, I didn't. The end of the fucking credits and you get a trailer. A trailer for, movie. for Doctor fucking Strange. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be fair, I like that by Sam Raimi. Could be all right. Uh, why he didn't just direct this Spider-Man movie that he uh, did three of already, I don't know. But um, I didn't care for Cumberbatch in this film really at all, and I thought he had like the worst wig on. Why did he? Why did he look completely different in the trailer than he did in this film? I don't know. Oh, too much. Yeah. Too much, Doctor Strange. I know he did. It. He was there to to you know provide the kind of plot uh, machinations, but too much Professor Strange. He's shit. Oh. Just big, big Harry Potter looking prick. I'm not. <laughs> Not interesting. Sorry, <laughs> get he out really, of this movie. He really is like Mister MCU, though, isn't he? Because he's big, like serious prestige actor who's mm-hmm. who who comes in every now and then to do one of these movies where he waves his hands around, shoots off CGI, and says, "Give me the box, you little fucker!" And then, and you know, uh, like just be, tries to quip and is just yeah. Uh, I, I think you could. I like I that first call me Stephen. Uh, no, <laughs> sounds weird. Uh, uh, Scooby do this shit. Uh, all of his all of his dialogue was awful, unbearable. Oh yeah, God. I'm not even as someone who liked that first film. I'd like that trailer didn't do. I, I I talked about this when we talked about the Wandavision. I don't care about that character of Wanda at all. I thought it was very funny that he said he didn't care about the events of Wandavision in the trailer. That was funny. Um, yeah, no, no real interest in that at all. Um, yeah, I, no, I, I, I thought he was. You know. And I, I thought the first Doctor Strange was fine. Yeah, I'm a sucker. Wasn't. I'm a sucker for them Inception CGI effects where the world is turned into a kaleidoscope. I, I love all that shit. And even in this movie, I, I, this I like all that stuff. But um, um, that character specifically and the way he performs it is is a little too dry for me. Um, one other one other note here. Just uh, when uh, we were talking a few minutes there ago about the the banter in this film. Um, I thought as, as MCU movies go, it was on the right side of funny. There were some whiffs, as there always is. Yeah, the um, two the two from the trailer for, were the whiffs for me. The uh, what's your name, Doc Ock? <laughs> well, what's it really, though, buddy? And the Scooby Doo. Scooby, Scooby Doo is crap, which got changed into Scooby Doo is shit. This this may be, and I thought in Avengers like Endgame was already this, but this is this movie even more so. This is this is the first one of these films where I'm like. This is inscrutable if you have not seen the previous, like all five of the previous films, because every second bit of language of of dialogue is not just a, a, a cheeky nod. A lot of it is picking up direct conversations and bits and nods References. and winks yeah. constantly, and like it's crazy to me that like such a huge part of this story was not not story it wasn't it wasn't the crux of the story but such a huge moment of this film revolves around the ending of like the second really maligned garfield film that barely anyone saw well not it was very successful but not in the, in the context of spider-man movies it wasn't very successful you know like that was weird and it's it's kind of like 
uh, all the software Electra was like, oh, you didn't remember me. I'm just like, this, this. if you haven't seen that film, what the fuck do you think? It, to me, it's kind of like, I've never watched a second of like Battlestar Galactica in my life. It's like if they put out a new movie tomorrow and then I sat down to watch it and in the opening scene, they're talking about, ah, Glordnick, betting more gumble ghouls on the, on the dumb job races. Are you friends? And I was like, wow, wow, that's a little bit of a reference to, to, to fucking episode seven of the 1990s series, you know, it was it was a little bit yeah. of that like every character i think with the exception of like sandman every character has like a direct ref- direct reference to a conversation that happens in one of these six movies well even sandman has the thing with his daughter that if you hadn't seen the third one you wouldn't know his character motivations but yeah. like N- natty showed me a, a website or a hi- headline she saw that was something like the 19 films you should see before watching <laughs> spider-man yeah, so what it's just like, yeah, if you, if you include, like, Strange and the Avengers movies as well in there, like, it all... Because, yeah, it's like, yeah, refer- like, you can... The, the daughter, fair enough, like, that's at least self-explanatory enough. Someone I, I follow on Twitter asked, like, completely deadpan series, he's like, do I have to have seen these other movies to get this one? Because everyone's talking about this one. And I was like, yes, you do. You actually, <laughs> sincerely, absolutely do. Because you're going to be sitting around people oinking like little piggies when Willem Dafoe says I'm something of a scientist myself and you're going to be sitting there going what the fuck is so funny like what is funny like that's not even that's not even picking up from a major stop point that's just a thing he says in the first half of the movie like it's not even it's not even, like it's I guess it's a minor low d-tier meme in the grand scheme of the universe um but yeah it's just like it's so 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 dense um uh, with that stuff um uh, that I, I was kind of shocked. Um, like even even as a fan service movie, I was shocked at how much kind of uh, cheeky winking and nodding there was. Um, uh, one other thing, I suppose, just to pick your brains about uh, before we can kind of give any other general thoughts you wanted to squeeze out. What did you make of the whole Venom thing? Because I I, I I would hate to complain about uh, you know when you've got all these return cameos and all this fan service, and I thought the movie was great and I had a great time watching it. I was a little bit annoyed that they put that, the Venom 2 post-credit scene, that they, as heavy as any of the other pre-promotion for this movie, heavily implied he was going to be involved and then absolutely was not involved, except for basically a joke uh, 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 post-credit scene. Um, and I guess technically they did tease, he left a bit behind, so that will be the, you know, that will be the the... The future, the future uh, Venom stuff. I, 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 I don't know why they made that the thing that they actually advertised ahead of t- ahead of time that they did not then do anything with significantly in the movie. Uh, even more money, baby. They want to <laughs> <you. laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I hadn't seen anything about that. I, I tried to avoid the spoilers as much as possible. Like I know there's lots of leaks and stuff. I, I it was kind of like the CM Punk debut where. Yeah, I knew I was going to be in it, but I didn't know what was going to be in it. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't see anything about that. I, I thought his cameo was fine. Of course, it didn't make any sense because he doesn't know who Peter Parker is. So why would he have been drawn into that universe? Mm. But anyway, let's not go down that route. Um, I thought he was good. I was hoping for even more gratuitous cameos. I was hoping uh, Topher Grace was going to walk out, oh, yeah. uh, walk into the bar and be like, all right, all right, Eddie, how's it going? Um, but yeah, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a fun stinger at the end of it. Yeah, my, yeah. Uh, my my friend that I had the previously discussed Michael Keaton interaction with um, mm. was asking the same thing you just said. Like, if that Eddie Brock doesn't know who Peter Parker is, why was he pulled in? Based on the logic of this movie, and 
with my nerd hat on, the dialogue in the Venom credit scene, and again, this is just such g- wishy-washy comic book mm-hmm. logic shit. The dialogue in that Venom 2 post-credit scene, there's like the implication basically that Venom has some kind of hive mind with the other symbiotes and possibly mm-hmm. across the universal across, spectrum. So because across. A, Venom knows him, he knows him type thing. It's very, yeah, I that's, I, that's very broad though. That's very, very broad, you know. I haven't seen Venom 2 either. Can you fill us in on what the uh, post-credit scene actually is? So the post-credit scene is after they, 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 they go on a romantic holiday together at the end of the movie, which legitimately happens. They go on a holiday. Who? Uh, Venom, oh, Venom and, and Brock. Yeah. Okay. I, I know it was a meme after the first movie. The second movie is legitimately, they lean heavily into the idea that these two are a couple. Like They le- legitimately go heavy on that idea. It's really okay. fascinating. I think Venom 2 is great. Um they go on like a sun beach holiday at the end of the movie. And they're, I think they're sitting on the beach sipping a drink when the credits roll. It's really fucking weird. And then uh, you get your typical, here's the cast, and they do mid-credits. And they're sitting on the bed. And um, they're having a conversation. And Venom's like, I've existed for millions of years, the symbiotes. And yet there's some kind of implied hive mind comment made. Mm. We've seen shit you wouldn't believe, I think is one of the quotes. And Tom Hardy is like, oh, tell me, you know, what are those? Yeah, tell me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, an alien? He's an a fucking alien. alien. Tell me, a fucking alien. Uh, and you shit, you wouldn't believe. And then the screen <laughs> wobbles and the bed they're on changes. And they're still in a fancy hotel, but they're but things are slightly off. And then they have the news broadcast where Jameson is showing the Peter Parker Spider-Man revelation. And okay, then, so it, it's, it's almost like happening at the same time as the start of this movie where he's been sucked into the yes yeah so so that's actually like this and like the end of a lot of there's like moments across all the disney plus shows as well where apparently it's like the one moment strange cast the spell you can see it tied in with various things but yeah so they get transported to the universe where jameson is playing that broadcast and then they venom walks up to the screen and says that guy and licks the screen the implication being that in some capacity he does know who that is um, but then Betty Brock doesn't in this movie. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so they left. They left a teeny little bit behind. So this whole this whole movie again. I, this whole movie, the ending with the the forget your forget uh, everything, fresh start, and then leaving behind a teeny tiny drop of Venom symbiote, but not using the actual character in any capacity. That mm. whole thing to me feels kind of like. Let's see how the next round of contract negotiations lads. Maybe we'll do something with you. Maybe we won't. You know, it, it, it seems kind of... Of course, Sony owns Venom as well, so they could hypothetically just go with, with Venom. But if they sign on with Marvel and then Kevin Feig's like, yeah, I don't want, I don't want that, actually. You know, or, or we do want that, but in five years in this film, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, that, that, that's the, the Venom situation. Interesting that they would do Venom with a different actor, though, when this Venom is, has been so successful and is already established. Yeah, I feel like they wouldn't. I feel like they, 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 but you never know. They could. Maybe Tom Hardy. Well, I was not saying maybe Tom Hardy wants out. He got his first writing credit for Venom 2, so I think he loves it. (laughs) Uh, I think think he's bet into being Venom. The funny thing is, if if they had to, they could always do uh, the symbiote finds someone who looks exactly like Tom Hardy. And the actor is Tom Hardy, of course. And he's like, oh, edgy. And then it's not really Eddie Brock with the Venom. Things that would is. actually be great. I would love that. I would love that. The really, I don't think this has a shot of happening. I Every time I see it or hear it, I guffaw. The rumor that, that they allegedly want to do is uh, Agent Venom, which is a comic storyline where basically I think Eddie Brock sells it to 
the guy who's Scorpion, and then he gets rid of it again. And Agent Venom is Flash Thompson, which in oh. the, this universe does not work at all. I don't think giving that guy like making no. that guy with that not in the broadest strokes would that ever work. I don't think. Uh, now that you've said it, I can see it because he <laughs> no. he had none to do in this film, by the way. Just, but that's good because he's had no, no have to do with blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah, he's just a, yeah, comic relief. I think that, maybe but. 20 years ago when it was jo- Joe Montalegni, yeah, 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 you know, Joe Mar- he could have oh, yeah, done, uh, done it. It's like people speculating that Ned could be Hobgoblin, and it's like, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> this guy, he is brilliant. He is brilliant at the best friend role, but he cannot, you cannot turn him into a villain. He's he not, couldn't um, be menacing. He's not Harry Osborne. He's not, he's not menacing like uh, James Franco is in no. real life and on screen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God he wasn't in it, by the way. That was good. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't end up in an army hammer situation when they had to like. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Death on the Nile, the new uh, Poirot film. But oh no, was um, oh he was in that. Yes. He, oh my he, God. He's the like the main apart from Poirot, he's like the main character. <laughs> and the, the trailer is hilarious because him and Gal Gadot play like the couple in the film, and oh, they you can great. see you can see well acting uh, tour de force really. You can see Gal Gadot, and they've obviously like zoomed in on her because you see army hammer like standing to the side. <laughs> just his shoulder <laughs> it's like oh god I just managed to cut around him for like three minutes it's pretty amazing are you ready um, Fallout boy yes <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so any other uh, any other thoughts on the old Spider-Man before we uh, move on here no, um, intrigued to see where it goes in the ne- in, a, in another few films with Tom Holland I think there's plenty more mileage in him in him yet I'd be happy to to watch more films with the men. I would just say uh, too much happy in this film. Let's fucking and I'm happy yeah. that he's happy he's over. forgotten them now because I was I was thinking anyway. Let's yeah. fucking phase this happy thing out because happy was was with him because he was for all intents and purposes like 15 or something. Mm. He's going to college now and happy's still like minding him or whatever. Get rid of too much John Favreau. I, I, enough. Yeah. In in Enough most films, too much too much Sean Favreau, and like he's another one. He's like peak MCU. You know when he shows up, you're about to get some high hilarious comedy um, <laughs> that I really don't want. Um, yeah, I think he served his purpose. Yeah, ah, uh, yeah, no, I would agree, and I'd agree with what Joe says. Plenty, plenty of miles left in the in the in uh, top one. I don't know what villains of any actual note are. Like Morbius, I guess. Like you know, that's the thing. They well. kind of have to. They are going to have to start plumbing those depths unless they uh, want to. Craven the Hunter. Craven the Hunter. That, is. You know, that could be good. That, you know, it all depends on casting. The other thing as well is, uh, have any, any of you even watching Hawkeye? I haven't. I don't know. No, I was planning yeah. to give it a spin over over Christmas, but I I've seen some good reviews of it. I might actually. Yeah, seen, oh, yeah. Okay. I, I think I might fire it up since I'm going to be in this room for right. ten, 10 days. Um, so the thing, the big thing is they brought back Vincent D'Onofrio as mm. Kingpin. Uh, again, he's no, I don't think he's quite a Defoe, but he's fucking tremendous in that role. They brought back Charlie Cox as Daredevil, as we discussed. I would, I would love uh, a Cox, Holland, D'Onofrio feature, I think would be tremendous. And ties in as well to the ending of this one, where it's like a little bit more street focused. Let's get away from fucking automated uh, fucking wings and gliders and, and tech fucking guys. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's get Vincent D'Onofrio in there. Strip it Unplugged, baby. baby. I kind of want to watch Daredevil again from the start. I know that second season is not great, but I, it's it's a fucking great show overall. I think 
Um, and yeah, and I also, me and my friends were the only people reacting to Charlie Cox walking into frame. Nobody else gave two <laughs> shits about who that guy was. I didn't um, know he was English as well. I thought, I actually thought he was Irish because he plays Irish in um, Boardwalk Empire. Empire. Right, right, <laughs> I thought yeah. so he was Irish and I saw an interview and I'm like, what, another fucking Englishman in this? Have they got any Yanks in this bloody movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he was good. He's really good though. I should watch that as well. Um, yeah, no, he's, 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 that's, that's the whole, the whole thing is, is great. Um, uh, great casting, great action. Again, if you want to talk about how Willem Dafoe, because he's actually a really great actor doing really out there, really well-written villain to the degree it feels like it's not from that MCU universe. The, the, the Daredevil show similarly feels like it's just, it's crazy that it's allegedly part of the same sphere, but, uh, that's potential for, for next year and the year after and the year after. I'm sure there'll be more. Um, okay, yeah, so that's Spider-Man, folks. Sounds like we all enjoyed it. Sounds like, uh, mm. I, based on what I've spoken to, most people enjoyed it. Uh, do pop us an email, chairshoppodcast.com, if you want to weigh in on Spider-Man, and we'll read it in the new year. Paul? Well, well. first, speaking of emails, I since we're not going to do another show until January, I do have an email, so I might just read it out quickly. I, I, I did, too. I was going to save it, but we can do emails if you want to do emails. Ah, you know, that's one before Christmas. Like, yeah, let's let's yeah. Just just so the listeners know, I don't know if we said this on the show or not, but this this will be our last show of the year. We're not going to put a, a one out on the weekend of New Year's. New Year's. So the next podcast will be out, depending on when we do it, the ninth or the tenth of January. So you're not getting any any goodies for uh, for a couple of weeks. So who I I don't know what's emailed to you guys, but it might very well be. Uh, Time passes expiry. Passes expiry date by then. So I'll quickly. Uh, Hi guys, read do you think Tom to, fucking Toby Maguire is going to be in that new fucking Spider-Man movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, email from Scott. He says, "Good afternoon. My company happened to be one that was hit by the Log Four J chaos that erupted last week. I don't know what that's about. Um, which reminded me of the disaster that happened twenty years ago when someone at work got one of the chain emails claiming that Bill Gates was going to pay everyone one dollar." <laughs> for everyone that they forward the email to. We had several people who were dumb enough to send that email to the oh. entire company. It caused so much backlog on the email servers that email was shut down for a full day. Need to say those people weren't with the company much longer. What's the biggest shake your head moment you've had at someone else's expense at work? Mama doesn't really count here. Oh, oh, the, God rest the late great Mama. Um, I still think about him quite a lot. Uh, someone unplugged a computer in the middle of a presentation. Maybe a stray belch heard on a Zoom meeting. <laughs> um, no, we 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 do quite often get the um, the one person who sends an email by mistake to like the entire company, and then you get everyone doing reply to all. Uh, is this for me? Or I don't yeah. think this is for me. Uh, hate them people. Um, no, the only one that comes to mind that soon is when I was at like a trainer on the service desk. We had one uh, new girl, French girl, and she got a call about a network issue on one of the sites in France. Right, so we we had an entire process for network issue troubleshooting. So you'd go to your your knowledge article. And it would tell you what questions to ask, what you know, steps to take to get as much information about the issue as you can before sending it on to the local network support team. So be, there'd be some people locally on site who can go down to where the server is and, and see what the problem is. 
But anyway, she was new, so she wouldn't have had already that process in the back of her mind. So once I heard that she was she was on a network call, I went over to give her a hand. And uh, so she, she was basically like, what do I do? What do I do? And I said, well, first of all, before we do anything, because I was trained, I had like my three golden rules that I would always do for network. Network issues, which were, um, are you at home or in the office? Are you on cable or Wi-Fi? And are you the only person affected or are multiple people affected? And once you know the answer to those three, you're, you you can kind of go from there. Uh, so we did that. And then I said to this girl, okay, so you know now it, it's, it's everyone in the building, blah, blah, blah. So what you need to do is you need to take uh, this person's information and also their like network information. So you need, you know, their IP address and, and stuff like that. And she goes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, she, takes, she puts the call back from hold and she goes, oh, yes, can I have your IP address? And writes it down, and then puts them back on hold and says, "What do I do now?" <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, "Well, when I said IP address, etc., I meant all that stuff." Uh, she had, like she had the thing open in front of her where it's literally written like IP address, mm. default gateway, MAC address, right? You know, so on and so forth. IP config slash all. That's where you get all that, folks, in your command prompt. Um, yeah. Other, otherwise, no. There wasn't too many, too much boobery of that sort. I don't think. Um. Anyway, Scott has a pick one director edition. Mm. Uh, Pete Jackson, Guillermo the Bull, or Chris Nolan. Oh, that's tough. Um, yeah, I would think uh, having seen all of Chris Nolan's movies, all of Peter Jackson's movies. Uh, post Lord of the Rings, so not his like movies where people's heads be exploded and stuff. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> a decent, a decent amount of Guillermo Torres that I, I would comfortably go for Chris Nolan in that list. I think, I think he's just got a better batting average than either of those two. Yeah, like Del Toro has the higher highs, but I didn't like you know Shape of Water at all. Uh, I don't like Jackson any Peter Jackson movies, <laughs> and Del Toro, like yeah, probably a couple, but yeah, Nolan comfortably. <laughs> Mm, I yeah, I'd probably go Nolan as well. I Del Toro good, middle of the pack, not middle of the pack, upper middle of the pack for me. I, I don't love him, don't hate him. I think he's got some solid ones. Jackson, I don't like Hobbits or the Beatles. So I don't see. I like Hobbits and the Beatles and uh, the First World War. So it's all. I do like King Kong though, but I, not, <laughs> not, not more than I like Batman. Um, you know, no, I I love Lord of the Rings, but those Hobbit movies were uh, a mess. And as far as Del Toro goes, like I think Del Toro has 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 very high highs. I think his best movies are like excellent, but also I've seen some movies of his that I really wasn't that impressed with. But he isn't Death Stranding. At least his body is. So I'll give him that. But Chris Nolan, I will I will go for. That's me, but. I have an email from Scott the Boy McAvoy as well. He says, with the news of Kevin Owens re-signing in the WWE, uh, signing with WWE, and Sami Zayn on the edge of doing the same, is this WWE trying to show that they are still interested in people who don't come up through their system if they are good at what they do, or is it more of a case of the WWE not wanted those stars to head over to AEW? A little bit of both, I would probably say. Um, based on the the rumored. Uh, big fat stacks of cash Kevin Owens got 
this was not some meager raise. You know, it seems like they they were aggressive and wanted to keep him. I think it's I think it's a little bit of both. I think I think they didn't want him to go to AEW, but also wanted to prove to people, hey, look, you don't have to be a system guy to to get the the big check. And I think that's that's further evidence that that you know, competition is good, rising tide, all ships, all that jazz. Um, uh, you know, when when you can leverage competition against each other. Um, that is good. I'm sure. The, I, mean, I don't know, but I'm sure there was interest from AW, and I'm sure it was not a. a I think Tony uh, Khan said there was interest. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sure. There, I'm sure there was a pretty penny as well. You know, I, there's always this, this conversation that it's either well, you can either feed your family or you can go to AEW, and I'm just kind of yeah. like, no. What Tony Khan's more money than fucking <laughs> he can buy and sell Vince McMahon tomorrow if he wanted. You know, it's it's uh, that's not the the conversation. But obviously, it's about what you're willing to offer. You know. Uh, don't do think- don't understate the fact that Kevin Owens has been a big star on WWE TV. Yes, for yeah, and he also and he, said he, years. Did, he he did the interview with Pat LaPriade, which which was translated. And I read read about it on Post, and he kind of he basically said as much. He's like, I've been here for whatever it's been seven years. He says he he likes the people there. He's treated well, and he is even though he's not the you know multiple time world champion. He's generally treated with a degree of respect, reasonably pushed. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, mainstay whenever he's healthy and that's actually i don't think he's had a significant injury since he's been there he's he's a fixture on their tv so i can see i can see why he'd stay i mean i i personally would have rather seen him on a show i i I do watch but you know you can you can his his logic when he gave that interview all made 100 sense uh scott goes on here do you think there are people in AEW that management is regretting signing people who just haven't worked out and are only now finding out how hard it is to come up with your own gimmick and have it work. Uh, I'd probably say so. I mean, actually, I think uh, Scott said in a previous email, he was asking about the the OGs in AEW. Um, I don't know if that management would regret them, but there are names there that you look at and you go, with the competition now really picking up free agency, uh, I I, I wonder what your second second contract offer would look like. Um, He's gotten a bit better, but originally I would have said Andrade. Um, uh, I think in general, regardless of what company he's in, I would describe Andrade as not a consistent performer. I think that's the fairest way to to describe it. Mm. Um, and, and with regards to Scott mentions there, you know, coming up with your own gimmick and your own stuff, which is a big thing in AEW, he does kind of seem to just be coasting on the the general vibe of what he was doing all along. Um, you know, so um, those are the two examples off the top of my head. I feel like if you're management, you probably justify it to yourself as needing a legend. But if I was running this company, I would be saying, what am I getting out of Matt Hardy? What am I getting out of Matt Hardy? I mean, come on. Again, and I'm, I'm sure they think of it as you have to have a level head, older guy there who can say, brother, what you need to do, brother, grab this hold, brother, in the yeah, second make half him a pro- match, Make brother. him a producer or a manager. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly, yeah. But no, brother, he needs to be out there working with the young boys, brother. He needs to be out there working with them, you know, fucking every goddamn week for some reason. Um, yeah, so I, 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 so if I was management, that would be one of mine. I'm sure there's others I can't think of, but um, thank you, Scott, for the questions. He does have a pick one for us as well. So this is pick one, and this is a wrestling company edition, okay? And he says, only the matches in the company can be used. The talent can still go elsewhere. So you're basically just picking you're picking a match catalog to keep, I think, here. Okay. Uh, PWG, ECW, TNA. I... That's actually harder than I was thinking. Um, uh, I mean, I'll rule out PWG because I've never seen a single PWG show. Well, I- <laughs> 
you know, if you if you're going for a balance of quality and quantity, the problem is that PWG only do sh- one show a month, um, and even during the pandemic, weren't doing that. Um, TNA is TNA, which for better or worse, you you, you take with good the good with the bad, but the good was very good, and the bad was very bad. And then ECW, I don't know. I, I've never had the nostalgia for ECW that a lot of people have. Um, I think yeah. I get tired of that quite quickly. I, I, I'll go. Um, I'll go PWG just because. To the opposite point of Joe's is that I, I haven't seen a lot of it, so at least it'd be hmm. new to my old jaded eyes. Uh, yeah, I, I think PWG has its lows as well, but I feel like they figure out who they are relatively quickly. And they do have a pretty good back catalogue of generally good, and in some cases, excellent, but at least usually generally good stuff. Uh, TNA, I mean, conversations have been had about TNA 100 times over. Tons of great stuff. We've sung the praises of the peak age of TNA many times on this podcast. You could probably have a lot of of fun going through all the shit as well. Uh, And ECW, you know, a bunch of stuff that hasn't aged well. Some stuff that's probably cool to look back on. A lot of middling stuff as well. Also. And also, it's not that long. It's a couple of years run of a promotion, ultimately. Um, I'll go PWG as well on that one. Uh, thank you, Scott, for your email. And I hope you're having a happy and safe holiday period. I have an email. Uh, by the way, I'll go for TNA, which is probably the okay. worst of those three promotions, which is hilarious. <laughs> but for, just for, It makes sense if you if you want to watch the best. Yeah. Look, um, email from Scott. He says, "Good afternoon. I was watch. I was rewatching Stardust this weekend, and I still absolutely love Robert De Niro in that movie, uh, in a role that I never would have expected to see him in. I started thinking about some of the actors who played roles that at the time you didn't think they could pull off. Uh, Adam Sandler in Rain Over Me, Robin Williams in One Hour Photo come to mind. What are some of the movies and roles you've been surprised by people being able to pull them off? Um, well, Will Scott, one of my surprise you're joking <laughs> i expected that uh i think steve carell is an interesting one because i never really liked him in comedy but in the big short he's absolutely phenomenal and it's one of my favorite movies so i'll go steve carell in in that film um i would say one that sprung to mind was albert brooks in drive where he plays the kind of gangster uh against Ty. i think he's done a few dramatic roles but no, normally known as a comedian um, he was really good in that. And as you mentioned, Adam Sandler, basically, whenever he plays, like a, does some proper acting, <laughs> it's really, really good. Maybe you should just do that every movie. Or maybe it's yeah. too hot. <laughs> Not worth the money to actually have to act for like six months instead of just farting out five Netflix movies with the same plot. But uh, yeah, those would be my three. It did seem like for a while that Steve Carell was going to have this big breakout as a serious... Mm. actor because he had big short but he did like fox catcher as well um that he was academy award nominated for i think um and then he just kind of never happened in the end yeah i think he could do definitely do more he's just finding the right roles but i'd love to see him do more more stuff like that Mm. uh scott gives us a a quick pick one of wrestlers mick foley rob van damme and kevin nash oh well well Rob Van Dam is shite, so yeah, <laughs> cross him off the list. Most um, overrated wrestler in history. Yeah, Kevin Nash, obviously a great man, not such a great wrestler. 
Yeah, no, no, no. but Mick Foley, uh, uh, great wrestler, shit banter, um, you know. So is it banter rating that we're going on? Because that puts RVD back in contention. Um, and I think if, it, if we're talking about Kevin Nash is up here on the banter Kevin level, Nash really. is up here. If you, you look know, at the chart on the banter chart, Kevin Nash. Whoop, up yeah, there, yeah. Uh, Rock Austin, good little bit of banter, but not really. Like, you know, and, uh, Nash is up here. Uh, uh, you know, Mick Foley, sure. He had the mind games match and, you know, Hell in a Cell. Uh, but Kevin Nash told Bret Hart, motherfucker, not everything is about you. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't quite know which one to plump for, but I suppose I shall go to Mick Foley if we're talking oh, matches. Oh, Based on wrestling and good books as well. well good one, books also. One true. good book, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and Kevin Nash did commentary with Booker T on that one show where the main events <laughs> mafia took over TNA. Um Chet Lemon, I think he went by on that. That was tremendous. Uh, that OD dastardly B, which I quote almost daily to the, to, since then. No, you know, Mick Foley for me. Mick Foley for me, easy. Mick Foley. Cool. Right. Do so I hear jing- Is there jingle bells at the door? What's the thing? A present has been delivered. Oh, it's a it's a festive wrestling quiz, is what it is. <laughs> Um, so we do we do quizzes all year long, but this is f- uh, a quiz for the title of Christmas Quiz Master. That's what's on the line today. So the quiz, right, has got four rounds to it. Okay. Round one, the questions are worth one point. Round two, the questions are worth two points. Okay. And so forth. Three, three, four, four. I'm not going to keep saying the same thing. Yeah. And each round has a different theme to it. Um, so, round one, the topic is Christmas champions, right? Okay. Uh, there there uh, are five rounds to this round, or five questions to this round. Uh, you each will receive a company and a year, and I want you to tell me who was the world champion on Christmas Day of that year? God, I'm, I'm going to be shit at this. This is such a Joe quiz, I feel. Okay, Joe, you you are up first, okay? Okay, okay. Round one, WWE. Yeah. So for this, I want to know on, on the year I give you on Christmas Day, who was the yeah. WWF slash E yeah. champion? Right, Joe, your year... 1998. 1998. Uh, oh, okay. On Christmas Day, it would... Oh, no. I have to say The Rock. The Rock is the correct answer. Yes. Oh, that was a tough that why because I was like that was like the the period of like five changes between him and Foley. That was a tough one. Yeah, Mick Foley beat him on the first Raw of ninety nine. That's when Stone Cold came out and got the big right. pop that one time. See, I thought that was like the twenty eighth of December or something. So I was trying to think. It was, t- was it was like... taped on the 29th. Right, um, right, right. I I for the purpose of this quiz, I know Joe's already answered the question, but I'll just say I've purposely avoided any championship reigns that would have been ambiguous in the sense of when they were taped versus when they aired. Okay. Uh Barry, who was the WWE who was the WWE champion in two thousand and two, December twenty fifth? 
WWE champion. Okay. Um, it's either Kurt, uh, Kurt or Big Show. Um, I'm going to say Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle is the correct answer. He beat Big Show at Armageddon of that year. Armageddon. That Big Show had had a very short title reign after beating Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. Okay, we're moving to a, no- a different company now. Joe, please tell me who was the TNA heavyweight mm. champion? Uh, Christmas Day, two thousand and ten. Um, twenty ten. I'm gonna say Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy is the correct answer. Whoa, come on. on to it since really? since ten ten ten. They're yeah. here. That's when he won it. He held on to it until early 2011. That was that was my only reference point. That's what was going on. Barry, who was the TNA World Champion in 2013, Christmas Day? Oh, um, oh I'm gonna have no fucking idea about this. Um, Bully Ray? No, it was not Bully Ray. I'm afraid it was Magnus. Uh, ah. That was the year AJ Styles vacated and left TNA, and he he picked up and held it for the rest of the year. Um, okay, next championship as we roll the Christmas uh, spin the wheel. Uh, Intercontinental champions, Joe. Who was the Intercontinental champion? Christmas Day, nineteen ninety four. Nineteen ninety four. Okay, so I think. Sure, was Royal Rumble '95? I think was Razor versus Jeff Jarrett. Maybe I'll say Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon is the correct answer. Uh, Barry, Intercontinental Champion, December twenty fifth, two thousand and one. Intercontinental twenty one. Two thousand and one. Trying to think like post invasion. Edge Edge is the correct answer very good okay spin the wheel see what comes up next it's the New Japan IWGP champion Joe pray tell who was the IWGP champion Christmas 2009 oh I have to say Tanahashi no it's not Tanahashi I'm afraid it was Shinsuke Nakamura not bad not bad Barry, who was the IWGP champion Christmas 2005? Eugene uh, Nagata. It was not. It was the beast incarnate Brock Lesnar. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, and finally, we've bad-mouthed them earlier on this podcast. But now we need to find out who were the ECW champions Joe, Christmas 95. The world champion. The world champion, of course. World champion, Christmas. Of course. The ECW world champion. Uh, Christmas 95. God, got no idea. Um, 95. Uh, Sandman. That's the correct answer. Wow. Wow. There's the Sandman. Uh, Barry, Christmas 2000 in ECW. Who was their world champion? Um, 
Steve Carino? That is the correct answer, bro. What? Okay, so at the end of round one, the score is Joe four, Barry three. Right? Now we go to round two. Three questions each in this round, and they're worth two points. Okay? The theme of this round is last Christmas, give you my heart. Uh, So the questions are all about last year's AEW Holiday Bash show. Uh, which was the one that just aired. The, the most recent Dynamite was their, right. their, their mm. new Holiday Bash. This is about Holiday Bash 2020. Right. Um, Barry, we'll let you be up first this round, since Joe went first last time. Barry, who did the Young Bucks defeat in the main event of last year's Holiday oh, Bash? God. As much as I like AEW, whenever it comes time for something like this, um, Young Bucks last year, 2020, uh, <laughs> FTR? No, I'm afraid not. It was the acclaimed. Um, it was the acclaimed. Joe, who interrupted Sting's interview segment on the show? Uh, Taz? I'll give it to you. It was Team Taz. Team Taz, yeah. yeah. I'm in Team Taz, yeah. But I will, I will give you the, the points on that one. Barry, Jurassic Express defeated which three members of the Dark Order on this show? Oh, God. Um, uh, Reynolds, Johnny, Hungy, and Alan Angels. No, it was Preston Vance, Alan Angels, and Colt Cabana. Oh, they got one at least. Yeah, Joe, who was on guest commentary during the Pack versus the Butcher match? Um, uh, I don't know. Kenny Omega? It was not Kenny Omega. It was Eddie Kingston. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, Barry, what first ever of its kind in AEW was announced on this show? Uh, exploding barbed wire deathmatch. No, I'm, it's incorrect. It was the it was the wedding between Kip Sabian and Penelope. Oh Ford. God! <laughs> <laughs> and Joe, after his match with the butcher, who confronted Pac? Um. Uh. Pentagon. It was not Pentagon. It was Lance Archer. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Everybody dies. Oh, that guy, Jake the Snake's friend. Jake the Snake's buddy. Okay, so at the end of that round, in which not a lot of points were picked up to be honest, <laughs> uh, the score is Joe six to Barry three. But it's Dang not it. it's not all for nothing. Or not all is lost, because round three, the points are worth three points. And uh this one is not turns. You're not taking turns. This will be shout out the answer if you know it. Here we go. Round three, Christmas, Dwayne Johnson. Busters. There <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we go. Okay. <laughs> oh dear. First one, right? You've got that male cow, right? Bit weird, right? That male cow, bit weird, because he's like a tough lad, but also he fancies other fella cows. What's that about? Oh, he's got a Santa hat on as well. <laughs> um. 
Braun Strowman. It's not Braun Strowman. And you're you're not limited to guess. You can keep guessing. You don't. Bull don't Buchanan. Worry about it. It's not Bull Buchanan. Closer though. <laughs> Bull Nakano. It's not Bull Nakano. Bull Nakano. Bully Ray. It's not Bully Ray. Bully Gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not Bully Gay. That that works, but it's not that. I'm afraid. Um. <laughs> that, I'll read it out again. That male cow. Bit weird, right? He's a bit of like a. Don't forget this bit. He's a bit like of a tough lad. But also, he fancies other fella cows. What's that about? And he's got a sat on. Strong. Strong. <laughs> <laughs> if you're stuck, as always, I will give you the initials. Please. <laughs> oh, Dempsey. It's not Paul Dempsey. Good oh. guess. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but... Never know. Uh, we're all just going bull. It's just bull, you know. It's like Bull Dempsey's theme song in here. <laughs> I'll give you the initials, okay? Go on. The initials are C G. Chad Gable? That is the correct answer, Barry, for three points. <laughs> oh Chad! <laughs> oh god. That's good. Chad Gable. I love it. Chad Gable. That works. That's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> question number two I'm at a rave okay and someone's offered me a fucking massive pill what's that about oh and have a good Christmas okay um I'm at a rave someone's offered me a massive pill what's going on there Disco Inferno that's not correct um massive pill Biggie Biggie is the correct one. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> that is correct. Okay. Question number three. There are five, by the way. Question number three. The kid from Home Alone just keeps losing. That's already Christmassy. I don't need to add a Christmassy. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Home Alone is a Christmas film. Um, that kid from Home Alone keeps losing. What's that, what's that about? Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is the correct answer, Barry. For three Kevin points. No Kevin Owned is it? Kevin No Kevin, Wins. Kevin No Wins. Kevin No Wins. Hey, okay, you know, there's been worse. There's been worse. That's not bad. That's not bad. There's been worse, says the man who came up with Sachet Banks. Sachet Banks, iconic. So <laughs> iconic. Know. Not her name, though. No. Uh, okay. Mark Henri, another great one. Mark Henri is the best one. That's I've good. Ever good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Mark is the best one we've ever done. Okay. Question four. Uh, I had to go to the hospital the other day, right? Because I got struck by lightning on two parts of my leg. And the wind and the rain that was happening at the time, that didn't help either, let me tell you. Ruined Christmas, so it did. <laughs> oh, wait, uh, fucking what? <laughs> lightning struck you twice and then it was raining on it also? <laughs> yeah. I got struck by lightning on two parts of my leg. Oh, uh, Tony Storm. Tony Storm is the correct answer. <laughs> Tony Storm. <laughs> I was thinking Lance Storm, Johnny Storm, James Storm. You got it. You got it. Uh, And the fifth and final clue, right? The toughest one. Left the toughest for last. That river is full of, you know, slimy stuff and that. 
So I made a picture of it, and Rudolph was in the picture as well. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's like what's again? That river, right? The river is full of like slimy stuff. So yeah. I made a pi- so I made a picture of it, and and Rudolph was in the picture. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Cameron Grimes. That's not correct. I don't know, but I was- so the the river is full of sli- slimy stuff instead of water. Okay, right. the, ri- the river's not got any water, and it's full of this like slimy material. I don't know what that is. So I made a picture of it. With also Rudolph in it, because Christmas and that. What what no what's go, what's going on there? What did I do? What what did I do to mark this momentous occasion of seeing this thing? Uh, I made a picture of it. We might call that the use a verb to describe that. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you the initials. Okay, it's photograph initials. McGee. <laughs> no, the initials are DG. Daniel Garcia. That is not correct. <laughs> that would have been good, though. <laughs> uh... Uh... I made a picture of it with my coloring pencils. Drew Galloway. It's not correct. Oh, uh, hopefully it's better than that one. So, oh, mm, that works. Um, <laughs> DG. The river, river. The shout out at home. The river, <laughs> full of slimy ooze type what's it and I I I galloweyed it all up so I did Go on. what okay we'll, we'll call that a draw we'll call that <laughs> oh, hang on hang on I can get it I can get it I can get it watch Dwayne Gill it's not correct it's not Dwayne is that correct <laughs> Uh, Drew Galloway was the closest, actually. Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak is the correct answer. Oh, Drew oh. Gulak. Oh, that's terrible. Goo, what was it? Oh, Goo. Goo Lake. Goo Lake. Oh, that's, yeah. oh fucking hell. Lake, you said river. Lake, you said river. Lake, you said river. Oh, that, was the, that was the meta I'd play there. Um, I had grace. Okay, so the score at the moment is... Um, oh, my God, it's very close. Joe, 15, Barry, 9, but round four is worth four <laughs> points. So, Barry, you can at least get some pad back. It's wrestler, 20 questions. The final part of our Christmas quiz. Uh, so, you have 20 questions to try and guess the wrestler. Okay. The rule is, right, the rule is you'll be working as a team. You each will be, like, you, ta- you take turns alternating to ask questions. Mm. But if you want to guess... You have to wait your turn, and in lieu of asking a question, your guess will be your turn. So if you if you guess and you get wrong, you're giving your 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 opponent uh, the opportunity to, you know, 
then either guess themselves or ask another question. Right. And also, if you're wrong, your line of thinking might influence their line of thinking. So mm-hmm. how you play the game is up to you guys. Anyway, who would like to ask first? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, are they alive? Yes. Uh, is it a man? It is a man. It's a man. I mean, um, are they currently contracted to WWE? No. Um, are they currently contracted to AEW? No. Uh, have they ever been contracted to WWE? Yes. Have they ever been a world champion? No. Uh, have they ever been a tag team champion in WWE? No. Uh, have they ever been contracted at TNA? No. No, oh, dang. God. Um, were they ever intercontinental champion in WWE? No. Um, did they ever hold any title in WWE? No. no hardcore, <laughs> no light heavyweight. Um, did this person wrestle for WWE in the 1990s? No. Did they wrestle for the WWE in the decade between 2000 and 2010? Yes. Okay. Um, Did this person ever wrestle on WrestleMania? No. Oh, God. Um... Who is this jabron you got? Uh, did this person ever wrestle in WCW? No. Oh, God, what? Uh, okay, we got five questions left and absolutely no clue. No, <laughs> nah, you have no idea. You can, you can, you can keep going at past twenty. It's, it's right. a, it's a versus game, so we're not. Was this person part of a notable tag team? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> Did this I, person I, do anything ever? <laughs> yes. Other than briefly wrestle for WWE. Okay, no, hang on. Um, Uh, is this person considered uh, no that's a stupid fucking question I would say to Joe's question they were not part of a, a notable tag team but that's not to say they weren't aligned with another wrestler but not necessarily as a tag team is this person American yes okay. big country but nonetheless okay so American male never heard of an American team. person who wrestled for WWE at some point between 2000 and 2010 and never held a championship. Never held a belt. Or wrestled, wrestled for any other major promotion. And never wrestled Seeming, WrestleMania. Seemingly. Or WrestleMania, yeah. Um, 
Was this person in the spirit squad? No. No, no wait, because they weren't the 2010s, were they? Anyway. No, they okay. were. That was right decade. That was right decade. Yeah. Yeah, they were 2006. Um, that was a good, that was a good, uh, a good point. Um, is hmm, is this person currently active? No. Okay. That, I had another theory there that's now gone. Okay. Okay, so they're retarded. Um, was this person part of? Uh, the WWE's ECW brand? No. <laughs> okay. Um, Wouldn't this be funny if it was just a bit and I was just... <laughs> no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. It is not. It's not a bit. I can confirm. This is a real... Is this a real person? Yes. Okay. Uh, hmm. Um, does this person have a notable career outside of wrestling? No. Okay. It's not Dr. Chris Nowinski then. Um, was this person ever in a Royal Rumble? Uh, no. Fuck me. Like, what? Uh, does this person have any kind of um, did they have any kind of significant career in Japan at any stage yes okay now we're talking okay we've narrowed down two continents you know like Asia and North America okay so they're American Never held a championship in WWE, but they had a career in Japan. Did this person ever hold a championship in New Japan Pro Wrestling? No. Um, Did... Did this person ever wrestle in ECW? No. <laughs> um, did, did this person ever wrestle for New Japan? No. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'm just interested to see how many questions this takes now. 50 well, questions, I, 52. I, I feel like we've literally not gotten any closer to who it is. Like, this is an actual 20 questions that would be done, you know. Ah, but Barry, it is not, an, it is not a normal 20 mm, questions. But you got me there. Yeah, That's, there. That is uh, a clue of sorts. Um, oh, God. Is it fucking... <laughs> no, I'm not going to waste a guess on that. I was going to say, is it Santa Claus? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Famed Raw superstar Santa Claus. Yeah, no, Santa Claus. And also, you would have been wrong because Santa wrestled in the 90s in WWF. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I don't want to give away my thought process to Joe, but I've, I'm, uh, I, have, I have a broad idea, but I have no idea of who the people might be within that idea, so it's useless to me, basically. Um, uh, 
this person ever done anything in MMA? No. Um, did this person appear for pro wrestling Noah? No. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm like I legit. I'm 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 running out of questions to ask. Even like I really <laughs> without without just asking. Like, did this person ever come through OVW? Uh, I, I I don't know. That information isn't on here. So I, I would assume not. I assume if it, I would if assume it, not. But if it's an OVW trainee, is kind of what I'm asking, which would, would presumably no, be on there. Like it's, it's not. It's not on there. It's not on there. Um, yeah. is this person white? Uh, no. Okay, right. getting somewhere. So then, does this person have a beard? Um, now, I uh, <laughs> today. Does he have a beard? You sure? Today? Are they are they most known for having a beard? Like at the peak um, of their powers? Let me let me look up a picture. <laughs> um, there is there is <laughs> s- there's slight beardage happening. <laughs> it down. <sighs> famous famous twenty questions answer. There's some beardage going on. Uh. Is it? No, because he was in New, New Japan. Shit. Uh, no, wait. Is he, was he in New Japan? I think he was. I was going to say Yoshi Tatsu anyway, but he was in New Japan. Yeah, he was. He was in New Japan, and he was in ECW. And it, yeah, ECW. Um, is this person Japanese? Not Japanese. No. Not Japanese. Is this person an African American? No. Okay. Is this person of Latin American extraction? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. We've got a Latin X person. Thirty-three questions in. <laughs> they had something of a career in Japan, although not in Noah or New Japan. Uh, uh, they were never in WCW, ECW, TNA, never contracted to TNA, never in AEW, wrestled in the 2000s, never a champion, never in a Royal Rumble, never in a WrestleMania, never came through OVW. A Latino male who is alive but not wrestling is what we know, basically. Is it... Sorry, did you sorry, ask it's Joe's question? It's Joe's sorry. question, sorry. That's, that's mine. Right. Oh, God. Um, no, I did Latin American. Yes. Barry. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, is it Eric Escobar? It is not. Okay. <laughs> okay, so it's not Eric Escobar. Mark that one down. Not Eric I'll Escobar. I'll just write that one down. Not Eric Escobar. Uh, is it... Uh, Um, I God, I just have no idea. Um, what was this person in Lucha Underground? Uh, not Lucha Underground. Okay, good. 
Is this person currently older than, the, than 50? No. Okay. Under 50. Good. Yeah. Uh, are they over 40? Yes. Okay, okay, they're in the 40s. Latino man, not active, but alive, who wrestled in WWE at some stage. And he's 40 odd. So that's, uh, so been born in that age. <laughs> like, uh, God damn. Is it super porky? You know he's dead in my. Um, <laughs> No, so remember, remember the two clues I've given you as well so far. They're there. Red thirty-seven. What were the other two? The clue was number one. He wasn't in a tag team. Okay. But he was. That's not to say he wasn't affiliated with another wrestler, right? Okay. And then I said. Uh, <coughs> then I said, remember that this is not a normal round of twenty questions. Okay. Uh, okay, yeah. I can I can might be able to guess this. Go on, Joe. Sure, is it pretty sure? So. Well, it depends on whether or not Paul wants to count me asking if it's a dead man. <laughs> it's super porky. It's not a is dead it, man. It's not a dead man. Okay, my guy. Is it Ricardo Rodriguez or whatever his fucking name was? It is not Ricardo Rodriguez. Ah! What is it is it uh Armando Alejandro Estrada? It is not. Oh, was come on now. Uh, I tell you what, we're 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 at the stage where taking turns really doesn't even matter anymore. I, I'm going to give you a third. We're at the stage where the quiz doesn't even matter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so remember what the theme? Of, what was the theme of, of round one? Was Christmas World Champions, right? Yeah. yeah. Round two was last Christmas, we did Holiday Bash. Three was, well, three was, for all intents and purposes, Christmas-themed. I added a little bit to all the Dwayne Johnson of this Christmas yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. And then game game four of the Christmas quiz, Christmas quiz, was Wrestler 20 Questions. So what, what meta is at play here? Oh, like, no, that doesn't make sense, no. I have no. I don't know the meta of it being Christmas. I don't know what. Who's a Christmas wrestler? I was about to say God, but he's not uh, forty. <laughs> yeah, he's very, infinitely old. You might say. Yeah, he did wrestle in the two thousands, though. Yeah. Are we gonna call time on it. I, I, I legitimately have. Ricky, I don't even have a ballpark. I really Ricky don't. Ricky Santana. I don't even know who that is. So no. I don't know, but it's got Santa it's a, in it. It's a good... Oh, is that, <laughs> Santana from AW. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. So, give us the initials. The, it's, it's a, it's a one-word name. So one word, what's the initial of the one word? J. J. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Jesus my God. Jesus is the correct... Oh, that's terrible. God. Absolutely Fucking God would have been better, honestly. God would have been better. <laughs> oh, Joe picks up the four points God. on that one. So the final, yeah, oh God, well, son of God, Joe, technically. Um, born on Christmas, born of Christmas Day. Uh, so <laughs> the final score to that scintillating quiz oh. is Barry on nine points, but our winner today, well done, and the, the, the boy with the bigger candy cane, 
Joe Towner, 19 points. Well done, wow. Joe. I hope you're proud of yourself. Uh, let, me just, let me just quickly give you the blurb. So as part of a kayfabe storyline, Jesus was accused of stabbing John Cena at a Boston, Massachusetts nightclub by order of Carlito Caribbean Cool. Um, after Cena defeated Carlito for the WWE United States Championship, Jesus attacked Cena several times in the next couple of weeks, finally hitting him in the kidney with Cena's own chain, temporarily sidelining him. In reality, Cena needed a break for WWE as he was out of the country filming The Marine. Uh, Aguilera, because his name's Aaron Aguilera, faced John Cena in a street fight at Armageddon in 2004, but was defeated. Due to an injury sustained at a house show, he went into the match with a torn groin and two herniated discs in his back and left to have surgery immediately afterwards. The surgery was successful, and he was released from his contract on April 12th, 2005. So he was only around for not even a year didn't do anything in that year i mean was part of a quite infamous storyline where he stabbed john cena which you don't see much in wwe tv uh, the wrestlers be stabbing each other um Oof. but of course it was a christmas themed quiz so there's jesus i was thinking that but i was like uh, jesus santana santa yeah you Kane. Got- the, the crime you guys committed was you forgot the real... I don't think we're the criminals. I don't think... You forgot the, the true meaning of Christmas. I don't think we're the criminals, yeah. Well, <laughs> I think you boys have to go down to the church of uh, on December 25th and say a little prayer that you forgot about the baby Jesus on Christmas. Amen. I think it's only fair. I think it's only right. Anyway, that brings... Uh, as as um, I forget who said it. Who which commentator was? Thankfully, it's over. <laughs> was it Jim Ross? <laughs> That's Jim Ross. Yeah. Thankfully, this match has come to an end. Might have been Hell in the Cell '98. Oh, he's back next week. God bless you. Yeah. Um, which which means we won't have Taz anymore, which we're very upset about. Ah, well, luckily he'll still be around on like Rampage and stuff. Yeah. I love Taz. Taz. It, for me, in the run and for wrestler of the year, even though he has my match. Tony, you're being very mean to my friend MJF, dear. Very classless remark. Classless. What's your language, Tony? It's a holiday show. Come on, now. <laughs> He's absolutely tremendous. Anyway, that's all the Christmas stuff we have for you this week. We didn't even talk about all the video games and movies that we've done. Yeah. That'll have to wait Next until year. the new year. January 9th, January 10th, I think I said. That's when we'll be back. You're not getting any shows until then. So don't expect them. Take the time. Right. Enjoy Christmas. Enjoy the new year. Get Drink have, drink have a little. A have a break from your pals here at CSP. Yeah. Well, more so we need the break, especially after that well, fucking quiz. Yeah, yeah. That quiz ruined Christmas, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> I mean, the Dwayne That's Johnson very Busters were great. The, the Dwayne Johnson Busters were great. Let's be the first three rounds were all right. Okay, so what, what what you're saying to me is let's go back and edit and make it a three round quiz. Um, well, yeah, put that bit out the middle, the yeah. Jesus part. When you're already again that bit where I took a shit, just cut, cut out the remainder <laughs> of the quiz. Also, you know. <laughs> no, again, I will not protect you guys for for forgetting the true meaning of christmas i will not edit that out <laughs> well anyway we hope you folks don't forget the true meaning of christmas uh, uh this year hope you all yeah. had a lovely time and uh, you've made the most of what you could out of 2021 and here's hoping 2022 will be even better so one last time for this year it is thank you and goodbye from myself barry it's also from paul 
Goodbye. And of course, goodbye. Merry Christmas, everyone.